I'm Rosa. I barged into the restaurant. Where's my dad? I asked someone from the staff. I started crying. Dad! Daddy! My stepmom, Claire, was with him. He was perfectly okay. Then he collapsed. Oh, God, please help my husband. I can't live without him, she said, bursting into tears and hugging me. They put my dad in the ambulance. With tears in my eyes, I watched the ambulance disappear. Lorenzo, the head chef at the restaurant, was standing next to me. Your dad never skipped a day of work in 17 years. He opened and closed the restaurant himself every single day. I'm sure he will get back on his feet in no time. No one can keep that Italian workaholic at the hospital for too long, he said, trying to console me. I went to the hospital with my stepmom. Our patient is still unconscious, and unfortunately, there's nothing we can do for now, said the doctor in my dad's room. When Claire said, please fix my husband, the doctor replied, we need to find out what is interfering with his nervous system. Otherwise, he might never make it out of the coma. My stepmom and I left the hospital. I cried on the way home, but she didn't look as sad as she was before. She called Chef Lorenzo. I will manage the restaurant from now on. I want to see the whole team there at 8 a.m., she said. My dad had gone into a coma only a few hours earlier. Now my stepmom seemed as though she had forgotten. Is this the time to think about the restaurant? And what do you know about running a restaurant? Lorenzo has been working with my dad for years. He should be the one managing that place, I said. How dare you? I don't remember asking for your opinion, Claire snapped at me. Then she frowned and ordered, your dad has been too lenient with you. I think you need some discipline. You're going to be at the restaurant early tomorrow as well. At the restaurant? But I have school, I replied. She said with a smirk, you can forget about school. I will take care of your education from now on. The following day, I began working as a dishwasher at my dad's restaurant. Everyone who worked there knew and loved me since I was a kid. They were all very sad for me. Lorenzo kept saying, your dad will get better and come home soon. I'm sure he will deal with your stepmom then. I washed dishes all day. I was so exhausted. I ran to the hospital as soon as the restaurant closed. I was sure he couldn't hear me, but I still told him about what Claire was doing. Then I fell asleep on the couch right next to him. Days flew by. I'd been washing dishes all day for the past two and a half months. At night, I'd go to the hospital. I would tell my dad all about my day, even though he was in a coma. Then I'd sleep in his room. One night, I woke up to a strange sound. I looked around to see where it was coming from, but it stopped. After a while, I heard it again. It sounded like, it sounded like someone was snapping their fingers. I stared at my dad's fingers waiting. Then I saw him snapping his left fingers. He snapped them three times. It was obvious that my dad was trying to communicate with me. I was so happy, I jumped up and danced. Nothing could have made me happier. Soon, I noticed something. My dad wasn't randomly snapping his fingers. He was doing it a certain number of times. He even stopped once in a while and started again. At that moment, I figured out that he was trying to tell me something. I got a piece of paper and began to take note of the number of times he snapped his fingers. First, he did it three times. Snap, snap, snap. He stopped for a while. Then he snapped them 12 times. Then he stopped again. He snapped once and then took a break again. I was waiting with bated breath, holding a pen in my hand. He continued to snap his fingers nine more times. He stopped and then snapped them 18 times. Short break, then five snaps. He finally stopped and didn't snap them again for the rest of the night. I stared at the numbers I wrote down. Three, 12, one, nine, 18, and five. I had no idea what was going on. The next day I told Chef Lorenzo about what had happened. He was very happy to hear my dad was showing signs of recovery. I showed him the numbers I wrote down. He looked at them for a long time. 
After a while, he said, shaking his head desperately, he may be doing this unconsciously and we're trying to make meaning out of it. I thought he might be right, but later that day, I realized my dad was conscious because he began snapping his fingers again. And when I counted, he had been repeating the same numbers from before. He snapped his fingers three times at first, then another 12 times. I counted all of them and jotted them down. At the end of the night, I realized that he had been repeating the same six numbers. In the meantime, things weren't looking up for the restaurant. The staff wasn't happy at all with my stepmom because she was always there, bossing them around. She was constantly telling everyone how to do their business and giving wrong orders. That's why she usually fought with Chef Lorenzo. That night, Lorenzo came with me to the hospital. He told my dad what happened and complained to him about Claire. My dad obviously couldn't reply to him verbally because he was in a coma, but suddenly, he started snapping his fingers again. Lorenzo counted the snaps with me. When he realized the numbers were still the same ones from before, Mamma Mia, the boss is definitely trying to tell me something, he screamed. Suddenly, his eyes started getting bigger. Are these, could these be, oh, could these be the Powerball numbers? For Powerball, you pick six numbers, and if they are the lucky numbers, then you win the jackpot, he yelled. He wrote these six numbers down on a piece of paper. I looked it up online. The jackpot for Powerball is $80 million this week. The drawing is tonight. We are rich, Rosa. We'll get $40 million each when we hit the jackpot, he said excitedly. I was staring at my dad surprised. Were these really this week's winning numbers at Powerball? But how did my dad know about this? I fell asleep while thinking about this. I woke up to the sound of the phone. It was Lorenzo calling. He sounded sad. These aren't Powerball numbers. I got my hopes up for nothing, he said. I was smiling when I hung up the phone. My dad had been trying to tell us something really important, and I was going to find out what it was no matter how hard. At that moment, he began snapping his fingers again. I was surprised when I counted them because he did it 16 times. He waited for a while and then began snapping them again, 15 times to be exact. He snapped them for a long time that night, stopping once in a while and starting again. And finally, he stopped snapping altogether. The room was quiet. I checked the numbers, 16, 15, 9, 19, 5, 4. He took a break after that, then snapped them 13 and 5 times respectively. I wrote down all of these sequences one after the other. 3, 12, 1, 9, 18, 5. 16, 15, 9, 19, 15, 5, 4, 13, 5. I looked at them for a long time. My dad's breath had become audible. Then I knew that he was as excited as I was while he was waiting for me to solve the puzzle. Suddenly, I was illuminated. Of course! I shouted. I could turn these numbers into letters. You could almost hear my heartbeat in the room. I wrote down the whole alphabet on the paper. I gave every letter its corresponding number in the alphabet. The third letter was C. The twelfth was L. The first was A. When I finished writing the first six numbers, it was a familiar name. Claire, my stepmom. I'd solved the puzzle. My heart was about to stop. I began to look at the corresponding letters to the numbers in the second sequence. The sixteenth letter was P. The fifteenth was O. The ninth was I. I could hardly believe it when I was finished with all the letters. The word was poisoned. There were only two numbers in the final sequence, 13 and 5, M and E, me. I almost fainted when I read the whole sentence. Claire poisoned me. I solved it. My stepmom had poisoned my dad. Apparently, the poison she gave him had affected his nervous system and put him in a coma.
I hugged my dad, feeling elated. Daddy, I can't believe she put you through all this. I just can't believe it, I said, crying softly. I called Lorenzo right away. Oh my, I totally messed up with the Powerball thing. We need to go to the police now. I'm coming to the hospital, he said. We went to the police station with Chef Lorenzo. We told the chief of police everything. This is a pretty unbelievable story, but trying won't hurt. We'll take your stepmom in for questioning. If she really did it, she'll confess. <laughs> Amateurs don't stand a chance with us, he said. Claire did indeed confess everything she had done, just like the chief of police predicted. She poisoned Dad to take over the restaurant. She used a poison she bought off the dark web. I'm testing a new dish for the menu. Would you like to try it and tell me what you think? She said to him while serving him the dish she put the poison into. The poison spread all over Dad's body and shut down his nervous system, putting him into a coma. When the doctors found out about the poison, they treated my dad with the right kind of antidote. A few days later, he opened his eyes. He smiled when he <laughs> saw me by his bed. My sweet angel, you saved my life and got that murderous woman caught, he said. I asked him how he was able to snap his fingers while in a coma. He smiled. After a while, I began hearing what was going on around me, but I wasn't able to open my eyes. The only things I could move were two fingers. I figured I could communicate with you that way. I had to trust you. You solved the puzzle. You're smart, just like your mom. I'm sure she would be so proud of you if she was alive, he said. My dad is doing great right now. He's back running the restaurant. I went back to school, but I'm still running to the restaurant every day after school. However, I'm not a dishwasher anymore. I help Chef Lorenzo in the kitchen. He's the best chef I know, and he's teaching me all the secrets of his profession. Claire is still being tried for attempted murder. I'd always felt that she wasn't a nice person, but I never could have guessed she was this evil. Thankfully, she'll spend a long time behind bars for what she's done and have a lot of time on her hands to regret it. I stepped back in fear, thinking I was dead. With my back against the wall, I squeezed my eyes shut and couldn't hold back a scream. Now this huge hot dog was going to kill me for sure. Why did we even come out of the bunker? Hi, my name's Stacy, and I lived in a bunker with my family for 17 years. And it honestly wasn't the best idea to come out of there. But back to me and the killer hot dog which was reaching out to me he must have had a gun in there i screamed even louder and i think the hot dog himself was scared by my scream come on it's just a flyer for a coffee shop you don't have to react like that no i mean i know i've pissed off everyone in this neighborhood but your reaction miss is very hurtful you know what you can talk i asked with a dumbfounded expression touching a soft hot dog. It's strange. It's made of some kind of material. Pleasant to the touch. Isn't it real? Of course I can. I'm actually a human being too, and you should respect my work. An offended hot dog threw some colorful flyers at my feet and walked away to my loud laughter. I couldn't calm down when I imagined what the whole situation looked like from the outside. And I didn't know people here dressed up in food costumes to promote the food itself. Well, that's not a bad move. I took the flyer and went to the cafe to get my free hot dog. And while I ate the tastiest food in the world, sitting at a table, I thought about my parents, who are probably looking all over town for me. We came out of the bunker not long ago. Honestly, I thought I'd spend my whole life in it because mom and dad were terrified of the outside world. They always told me it wasn't safe here 
and I believed them, even though it made me sad. We had a lot of books in the bunker, and I read them every day, and they were so interesting and exciting. I wanted to see more and more of the outside world every day. But then, something clicked in their heads, and they realized that they couldn't keep me in isolation forever. So when I turned 17, we went out on the surface, and I was blown away by how big and noisy the world really was. Honestly, I was expecting to see vast oceans and pirates. And by the way, I did see them, except they weren't sailing in a huge ship. They were entertaining children near some tall building. I ran up to them with a happy smile, and I told them I wanted to be a pirate too, to look for treasure. The pirate even got confused, and I took away his sword and began to scare the children, thinking that they probably want to take the chest of gold. But the children were not frightened. They laughed and shouted for joy, and one of them even took my sword and bent it. It's not real? I wondered. Of course it isn't real, the pirate grumbled. So you're not a real pirate? I was about to burst into tears. Girl, are you out of the woods? Pirate don't exist since a long time ago. Now go away and don't interfere with children's party. Not only had I been insulted, but I was disappointed in pirates. But that wasn't the worst part. I lost my head so much in joy when I saw the pirates that I ran away from my parents and got lost. At first, panic overwhelmed me and I couldn't breathe. The high-rises were floating in front of my eyes and my head was spinning. But when I calmed down, I realized this was a great chance to explore the real world. I was sure my parents had limited me in many ways. And then, an epic encounter with the hot dog happened, which scared the crap out of me. Because I didn't know that food had learned to walk. But as it turned out, it was just a man who made me try a hot dog for the first time in my life. To be honest, I was getting pretty tired of canned food. When I walked out of the cafe, insanely happy, I almost got hit by a car on the road. Look where you're going! The driver shouted at me. You watch where you're going! Can't you see that the light is red? Girls aren't allowed to cross the road on red? The driver, upon hearing this, wagged his finger at my temple, and I showed him my tongue and crossed the road still, even though other cars were honking their horns. Oh, what strange rules they have! Who decided to discriminate against women and forbid them to cross the road at a red light? But as soon as I stepped back from that rudeness, someone grabbed my arm. Jin, how many times do we have to look for you? We're in the middle of a photo shoot. There was a disgruntled woman standing in front of me I've never seen before in my life. But I didn't. Let's go, otherwise Alex will be furious. What's the matter with you anyway? You're dressed like you just got out of the bunker. But I am. That's a good one, Jean. But now is not the time for it. I spent the whole trip trying to explain to the stranger that she'd mistaken me with someone else. But the woman was either on the phone with someone else or she wasn't paying attention to me. We arrived at some studio. The photographer looked at me unhappily and said I looked terrible. Is everyone here so rude? I got indignant and crossed my arms. You act like it's your first day on the job, girl. Alex snorted. Run and get changed. I don't want to see that trash on you again. They took me to a room with a big mirror, and I got makeup and cool fancy clothes, which were more like shapeless rags. How are my clothes any worse? They're even better. What kind of fashion is this? During the photo shoot, Alex kept yelling at me because my posing was awful. 
and I didn't know how else to stand. I wanted to cry and go back to the bunker because my loving parents were waiting for me there, not angry photographers. You're crying too? You're crazy. We're gonna have to do your makeup all over again. I'm not Jin, leave me alone. Have you been out till morning again? You feel very bad if you don't get enough sleep. That's enough, I'm leaving. They tried to stop me. Fortunately, the real Jin appeared in the studio at that time. She stared at me in utter shock. Alex and that woman were also surprised. They'd mistaken their motto with me. However, there was no apology from them. They just threw me out, calling me a fraud. How rude people are after all. After that incident, I sat down on the pavement and I cried. I was so scared. I was lost and didn't know how to find my parents. I wanted to go back to the bunker. And even though it was cramped and gloomy, it was a normal environment for me and my family. I walked down the street as far as I could see until I met a policeman. Seeing my condition, he asked me what had happened. I told him the details of my situation. He didn't believe me about the bunker, but he promised to find my parents. They took me to the police station, where I spent full 24 hours. But it was worth it, because the next night, my parents came to pick me up. Stacy, honey, we're so glad we found you. We were so worried. Me too. I hugged mom and dad, and I cried tears of joy. The policeman asked me sternly if it was true that we were living in a bunker. I just wanted to say that it was true. My father interrupted and said, That a bunker is what we call our little provincial town. Later, my parents explained to me that we shouldn't tell outsiders where we lived. Are we going back to the bunker? No, my daughter, my mother said, and she stroked my head. We'll live here now. I was very upset because I didn't like this world at all. In the books, it was different, but in reality, it was noisy and dusty and terribly cruel. Turns out, my parents had an apartment all along. We started living there. At first, it was very hard for me to fall asleep in a soft bed, going out to the store every day and standing in huge lines. But most of all, for some reason, it was the loud music that scared me. I wanted to hide from it as quickly as possible. Also, it seemed very strange to me that people would ask me how I was doing. But when I started to tell them my life story, they didn't listen to me at all. How silly. They asked, didn't they? However, I really liked the internet. But when I started using it, I ran into some scammers. They stole all the money from my dad's account that I'd been saving in there for 20 years. Can you believe it? I was so ashamed. I even tried to lie about having nothing to do with it. You think the money disappeared on its own? Dad frowned. Of course. The internet is so unpredictable and confusing. But in the end, Dad cracked me up and only scolded me for lying to him. That's how we ended up with no money. I was insanely ashamed of what I'd done, and I wanted to give my father back all his savings. But how? I don't know how to do anything. I didn't even go to school. They probably wouldn't hire me without it. However... Good luck turned to me. One day, I met the very same Jin in a store. The girl recognized me and apologized for the way I'd been treated so rudely. And then, she made me a lucrative offer. Since we looked so much alike, we could do a couple's photo shoot. That would be awesome. The PR people would come up with a story about missing twins who meet up years later. But that's a lie. I objected. 
Yeah, but why do we care? They'll pay a lot. That's all that matters. Do you agree? Of course I said yes. After all, our family needed the money. But I really didn't like modeling. Everyone yelled at me. They were always pulling my hair. And I had to pose for hours at a time. Oh, it was exhausting. Jin, on the other hand, was happy with everything. She once told me that we were making a lot of money now, and she was giving half of it to me. But then I found out by chance that she wasn't giving me half of what she earned, but only a third. Even she lied to me, although I trusted her, told her about the problems in the family. But Jin was devoid of empathy, and she cared more about making money than about my trouble. After that, I quit my job, even though I needed the money. Our family would get by somehow, but I wasn't going to put up with the lie, because I knew that if you've been cheated once, then they would cheat you the second and third time. My parents, learning about this situation, supported me, and then made an appointment to see a psychologist, because every day in the big city, I was getting worse and worse. Thanks to therapy, I stopped being afraid of music big buildings, and the strange people that were all around me. And I finally started using the subway, and I even felt comfortable there. The subway was underground. It reminded me remotely of my home bunker. Later, when our family had money, my parents hired me a homeschooling teacher, so I wouldn't look too stupid at 17. That's how drastically my life changed when I came out of the bunker. I'm used to it now. And I remember my past adventures with laughter. How would you feel in the big city after living in isolation? Write your answers in the comments. Click the bell so you don't miss new stories. And like this video. Hi, I'm Alessia from a small town in Kenya. Growing up, I was stubborn and also a happy kid. Even though my mom worked as a servant for the wealthy chief Mwangi at his farm, I always felt like part of the family because of the chief's son, Barasa. He was my best friend and he did almost everything with me. He helped me with chores and even stopped me from cleaning his room whenever I had to. It was fun until his uppity father stopped him from hanging out with me. Barasa, you're better than playing around with the servants. I want you to stay away from them from now on. What Barasa's father said hurt me, and I knew it had something to do with the fact that Mum and I were poor. I became envious whenever I saw Barasa with his wealthy friends. So, one day, I devised a plan to change his opinion of me. All I needed were the same expensive items that his friends wore. I began to put a lot of pressure on Mum to get them for me. Mum! I want that dress. How about we go to the yard sale over there? They sure do have some nice clothes. I hate them. They're ugly and cheap. I knew our poor situation was none of mom's fault. And later that <gasps> evening, she surprised me. And I was so overjoyed. Honey, I saved some money and got you those Louis Vuitton shoes you wanted. Thank you so much, mom. I have no idea why you need all these things anyway. We can do without them. I didn't tell her that I needed them because of Barasa. He had a swimming party that night and I wanted to make the best impression possible. I was going to show everyone that I wasn't just a regular servant girl. When I walked into the party dressed in one of my mom's old fashionable gowns and the Louis Vuitton shoes, everyone turned to stare at me. They made me so nervous that my heels shook so badly and I fell into the pool. Barasa quickly jumped in to save me, and I couldn't help but admire his strength. He lifted me as if I weighed nothing. What did you think you were doing, Alicia? This isn't your style. If your dad hadn't said those mean things about me and my mom and ended my friendship with you, I wouldn't have been trying to prove him wrong. 
I'm sorry about Dad. He's a little harsh sometimes, but you should know you're my best friend, Alicia. Nothing can change that. Then why do you hang out with them instead of me? I'm only doing it to trick my dad. Besides, you don't have to change anything about yourself to prove him wrong. I don't care what you look like. The moonlight danced on Barassa's face, sharpening his features and making him more handsome. Suddenly, Mum walked in on us. So, this is where you've been all along, and I've been looking for you everywhere. Mum freaked out when she noticed my position in Barassa's arms. For some reason, she had never liked him much. Do you want us to lose our jobs as servants, Celestia? His father warned you to stay away from him. As soon as Mum was done yelling, dragged me away from the pool. I couldn't have been more embarrassed. Later that night, she sat me down and talked to me. Honey, life isn't all about wealth, but how to stay fulfilled with whatever you have. I'm disappointed in your actions tonight. When she finished, tears streamed down my cheeks and I hugged her. I'm sorry for everything, Mum. I'll be better. And I did become better. I did all my chores diligently while Barasa continued hanging out with me during moments his father couldn't see us. Our friendship grew stronger, transcending beyond rules set by our parents. A few years passed by and Mum fell ill. She was bedridden for weeks while I cared for her. Every day was filled with hopes for her recovery. And one particular day, she told me something that shocked me. Honey, I think it's time we moved out of here into somewhere better. I want to give you the life you deserve. I wasn't a fan of the idea. Moving out meant saying goodbye to Barasa and the horses I'd grown attached to. I needed some space to think. I left Mum alone and dashed to the stables where I found Barasa and told him everything. I don't know if I want to leave you and everything behind yet. Then don't. Don't let your mum take you away from the farm, Alicia. You can stay with me. I'll take care of you. Barasa's words followed me for the rest of the day, and when night reached, I went back to Mum. Mum, I don't think I'm ready to leave the farm yet. But Alessia... I think it'll be better if you let yourself heal here. The nature will give you more peace. <laughs> Fine. You've always been a stubborn child anyways. I love you, Mum. I love you too, baby girl. But there's another thing I need to tell you. Mum grabbed my face and looked at me with an expression I had never seen on her face before. It was fear. There are, um... Some things you don't know about, and don't need to know about yet. What do you mean, Mum? She ignored my question and continued like I hadn't said anything. If anything should happen to me, there's a box of valuables buried next to the cherry tree in the farm. Take it and run away. Do you understand me, child? I was speechless, so Mum shook my shoulders. Do you understand me, Alessia? No, Mum, and you're scaring me. What's happening? You don't need to know, but you'll do what I say, right? I mumbled out a small, right, and watched as her expression shifted to normal in milliseconds. It was scary. Now, honey, come give Mummy another hug. Mum felt strangely better the next morning and dashed to the market to get some dairy products. She put on shades and a wig before doing so, as if her performance the night before hadn't been strange enough. Everything made me so curious, especially when Mum didn't return that night. I panicked and dashed to Barasa with the news. My mum hasn't been back all day, Barasa. I think something happened to her. I've got this. I'll rally some villagers and search the town for her. It's a small town. She can't be far. I joined the villagers in their search. As we ransacked the forest, I felt a hard object under my foot. I picked it up and found that it was an ID with Mom's passport. Her name on it was Nuella Smith, which was different from the Jennifer Howard everyone knew her as. Mom was hiding something, and I could feel it. I noticed a movement to my right and quickly hid the ID in my pocket before turning around to see Barasa emerge from the bushes with a solemn expression. I'm sorry, Alicia, but... 
We couldn't find your mom. Footprints in the soil suggest she might have run away. I gulped and turned away from Barasa as my eyes watered with tears. I couldn't believe my mom had left me. After that day, life on the farm felt different without mom. I had planned to leave as well, but Barasa persuaded me to stay. You don't have to leave, Alicia. I'll be inheriting the farm in a few years. And by then, I could marry you. And we could live happily ever after. I mean, that's if you want. Hearing Barasa say those words made me feel a bit queasy. Of course that's what I want, Barasa. But is that what you want? He gripped my chin and stared at me with such intensity that it made my stomach churn. That's what I've always wanted, Alicia. I've been in love with you since we were kids. I'm in love with you too, Barasa. Barasa kissed me and fireworks went off in my head. Three days later, I was in the coop feeding the chickens when Barasa walked in with a sad look on his face. Alicia, I have something to tell you. I'll be leaving to boarding school this week. Dad enrolled me in one yesterday. Sadness enveloped my entire body as I hugged Barasa. But what about our promise? Don't worry. I'll never forget. Your heart and mine are locked forever. The next morning, Barasa left the farm and we waved at each other with a secret look on our faces, promising to always return to each other. I carried on without Barasa on the farm, even if I constantly continued to feel the lack of his and mum's presence. The only thing that kept me going was his promise to me. Time passed, and two years later, news of Barasa's return spread like wildfire. I heard Chief Mungi's son will be returning today, and he's now a very handsome man. The girls won't know what hit them. I gave the woman a small smile before hurrying home with the vegetables I had purchased. Chief Mwangi was throwing a big party to celebrate Barasa's return, and I couldn't wait to see him. As soon as I arrived at the mansion, I noticed cars parked all around it. I walked around looking for him when I noticed him kissing a girl on the patio. Many people surrounded him, applauding and yelling. Happy engagement! Thank you all. Angela is the prettiest woman I have ever met in my life. My heart broke into a thousand pieces. In disappointment, I tossed the market bags to the ground and fled the scene. Barasa, like Mum, had lied to me. I had no one but myself to rely on. I dashed to the cherry tree Mum mentioned years ago and dug furiously at the soil beside it until my hands hit something. It was a treasure box with a lot of money inside. I quickly packed my bags and left with the treasure chest without telling anyone. I flew to America and began a new life there. Mum's money supported me for years, and I used some of it to start a small agricultural business that grew into something big. I became one of the world's youngest billionaires and the proud owner of Aulis, a food technology firm. One day, I was on my way to work when a woman bumped into me. Hey, watch where you're going. She turned around and I was surprised to see. Mum? Hey, pretty lady. Please, I need a job. I can be your personal maid. Here's my CV. Security suddenly showed up to drag her away. Sorry, ma'am. This crazy lady escaped us. We'll take care of her. No, leave her. I'll take care of her. I took Mum to my office and asked her a lot of questions. Why did you leave me alone on the farm all those years ago? Huh? I don't know you. She couldn't answer any of my questions, and the worst of it all was that she couldn't even recognize me. I took her to the hospital, hoping they could fix her memory issue. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do for your mother. She needs something to trigger her memory. Maybe an impactful event from her past. I tried everything to trigger Mum's memory. I showed her old photos of us together. That looks like me. Took her to a farm, even showed her the ID she dropped all those years ago. Yet, Mum couldn't recognize me. I gave up and settled on taking care of her instead. 
The stress of caring for mom and the company took a toll on me, so I took some time off and went horse riding constantly. And one day, I saw Barasa and his wife. She was yelling at him right in the middle of the parking lot. I'm filing for a divorce right away! I was about to ignore them when she raised her arm to slap him, and I couldn't help but swoop in and grab her arm. That's enough! I won't let you assault someone on my property. And who do you think you are? Alessia, Barassa's old friend and owner of the parking lot you're standing on. Of course you're his friend. You both look pathetic. She flung her arm out of my grip and walked away with a menacing look at Barassa. Expect divorce papers and my lawyer. When Angela left, Barassa looked at me. Wow, you've grown and changed so much, Alicia. I wasn't going to remain a servant forever. Barasa had also changed since the last time I saw him, and seeing him now, I realized I no longer cared about him. There was no trace of the love I felt all those years ago. Alicia, about what you saw years ago, Dad forced me to marry Angela as a business transaction. He wanted a deal with her dad. It was nothing serious. I don't care, Barasa. I'm sorry about what your dad did, but I think it's best we move on. I've moved on. You should too. I won't give up on you, Alicia. No matter what it takes, I'll do anything to prove that I still love you. I pulled my arm out of his and walked away. I wasn't letting him back into my life. The next day, I was sitting on the couch watching some STA videos on TV when I heard a knock on my door. I went to see who it was and was surprised to see Barasa standing right on my porch with a bouquet of flowers in his hand. Hey there, thought I'd pay you a visit. How did you find my place? I asked around. Would you let me come in? Fine. Um, make yourself at home. Thank you. Your place looks absolutely beautiful. While we talked and caught up on the past, Mum walked in. Hey, Mum. Meet my friend, Barasa. You remember him, right? She gave him a strange look, then approached him and sniffed his scent like a dog. Her pupils dilated and she pointed at Barasa. I know that smell. My memory's suddenly coming back to me. I knew I should be relieved that Mum's memory had returned, but I was offended. I was her daughter, and she couldn't even recognize me. But then she remembered Barasa, whom she didn't even like. She was also acting strangely and scaring Barasa. Hey, Mum, that's enough. No, Alessia, that boy and his father are criminals. That's a lie. You're a crazy woman. I remember everything. I was a CIA agent, undercover on their farm, gathering intelligence on their crimes. They found out and tried to capture me, but I escaped. I fell and hit my head as I ran away from them, and I couldn't remember much else except that some nice people helped me. Wow, that's a lot. Are you sure, Mom? Yes, honey, it's why I wanted us to leave the farm, but Barasa and his father were threatening to take you away from me. I couldn't tell you because I didn't want to get you in trouble. Everything Mom said shocked me to the bones, and I stared at Barasa, who avoided my gaze. Is this all true? She's lying. Can't you see? She left you, and I took care of you. No, you didn't. You only wanted her to trust you so you could turn her against me. What? I'm sorry, Alicia, but your mom is going crazy. I'm just going to leave you with Miss Loco here. Suddenly, Barasa sped for the door, and Mom leapt in the air and karate chopped him to the floor. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I never knew Mom had such skills. I've gathered enough intel on you and your father. You're not going anywhere. She rang for someone, and minutes later, suited men in shade showed up to the house. Thank you for your hard work, Noella. The president will reward you for doing a good job. I strolled up to Barasa and gave him a resounding slap. I can't believe you were only playing me. All that talk about love and you suddenly reappearing in my life? It all makes sense now. 
Barassa's expression instantly shifted to anger, and he seemed nothing like the boy I knew all those years ago. I wasn't playing you at first. I really liked you, but your mom had to go snooping around. Always keep your enemies closer, Dad says, and you and your mom are my enemies. Good. I hope we stay that way. You're a jerk. Enjoy your time in jail. I watched with a smirk as Barasa was dragged into the car and driven away. As soon as he left, I turned to Mum. So, your name's Nuella. I wish you had told me instead of keeping me in the dark. It was for the best, honey. Again, I'm really sorry. I'll spend each day making it up to you. I hope so. I threw my arms around her in a hug, basking in the scent and warmth of her body, which I'd missed. I've missed you so much, Mom. I was really scared you'd never remember me, and then when you did, I got mad that it only happened because of Barasa. I felt like you didn't love me. Don't say that, baby. I love you. And as for my memory, I couldn't control it. But remembering you is the best thing to have ever happened to me. I've missed you too. Mum and I stayed in the hug for several minutes until I remembered someone we hadn't spoken about. What about Chief Monkey? What'll happen to him now? I figure he's already heard about everything and is on the run. But we'll get him. He can't run forever. You're super cool, Mum. The next day, Mum was invited to the White House where she received an award of recognition and excellence from the president. I couldn't have been prouder of her. You know, sometimes our parents did mean the best for us after all. My name is Olivia, and my father is an oil tycoon, and I am his only heiress. You're going to think, how cool is that? But it's not. What really stifles me is the constant sense of responsibility imposed on me. The pressure came from a very young age. Olivia, my whole business depends on you. You're responsible for thousands of working people feeding their families. I put my heart into this business, and you can't just let it all go. Those were the words I grew up with my whole life. At the same time, my father constantly had no time for me. Business meetings, business trips, and disappearing into the office around the clock. I grew up surrounded by servants and nannies. Naturally, my father made sure that I didn't want for anything. Anything except parental love. You see, my mother abandoned me when she and my father divorced. I was only two years old at the time. Because he needed an heir, he offered my mother a tidy sum of money to leave me with him. And you know what? She gladly agreed. She took the money and flew to another country. Throughout my upbringing, she never once called to see how I was doing. More recently, my father put me to work for his company. He got me a job as a manager. He always said that by understanding the whole structure of the company from the ground up, you can achieve a lot. But I don't need that at all. My dream is to be a fashion designer. Olivia, you have to carry on my work. I've sacrificed everything for that. Daddy, I don't want to run the firm. Let Oliver do it. Daddy just sighed heavily and looked at me in a way that made me realize that I had no choice. Oliver was the son of my father's driver, Mr. Stewart. When Mrs. Stewart died, Oliver was only 10 years old, and then Dad offered to help his co-worker help raise his child. He provided them with a cottage, honor estate, paid for a good school for the boy, and then university abroad. Oliver is only three years older than me, but from childhood, he was very smart. He, like me, was supervised by servants and nannies. You could say we grew up together. When I started working for my father's company, Oliver and I started seeing each other a lot. I'm told you're doing a good job. 
I try to. You know how dad is. He always gets what he wants. That's the quality that made him an oil tycoon. Yeah, but I don't have that quality. That's what you think. Oliver always looked at me strangely, very strictly, and always quickly looked away from me. I even thought that maybe he was jealous of me. As everyone around me said, I was living my life like cheese and butter. Like I've had all the best since being in diapers. But we had one thing in common. We grew up without love or mothers. Every day, Oliver would come and see how I was doing in school. It made me really nervous. I knew it was on my father's orders. Anyway, he was still keeping an eye on the whole process of becoming his heir. Ollie, stop coming around here. Are you following me or something? Tell Daddy I'm fine. He's just worried, you know? It's only natural. Yeah, and you're his personal spy? Okay, go report. And so the days went by. Oliver and I became closer. Sometimes after work, he'd give me a ride home, and the whole way we just talk about anything and everything. That's when he told me that my dad didn't send him to spy on me. He was just worried about how I was doing at work. One day, Oliver came in pale as a wall. Ollie, what's wrong? Are you sick? Olivia, your mother is back. She's in your father's office right now. I felt like the ground had fallen out from under me. I don't remember how I got to my father's office, how I opened the door. The whole time, Oliver was following me, afraid I was about to fall over. Mom? What are you doing here? Oh, my girl, how you've grown! Mommy reached out to hug me. What are you doing here? I asked you a question. I was very offended by her. She left me, or rather sold me. She took my father's money and drove off into the sunset. I ran out of the office, unaware of myself. I only woke up when Oliver pulled me against him in the driveway. That's when I realized I'd gotten too far away from the office, and I turned around sharply, but Ollie wouldn't let me go, and I just snuggled into his chest and started crying. I hadn't heard from my mother in years, and now she shows up and pretends as if nothing happened? Why did she show up? Did she run out of money? Has she come to ask for more? Maybe she's repented. After all, she is your mother and she loves you. If she loved me, she wouldn't have left me. You need some rest. Let me take you home. Oliver brought me back to the manor. I was afraid to run into my mother, unprepared to talk to her or have her come into my life like this. The next morning I got ready for work, but my father told me to get some rest. It was a good suggestion. I got ready to drive out of town to clear my head. While I was walking to get the car, Ollie pulled up next to me and offered to go with me. Turns out he'd taken the day off too, said he had some errands to run. We drove out to our country house. There was a stable there and my favorite horse, a present for my father for my fifth birthday. We harnessed the horses and rode into the mountains. The fresh air and the ride cheered me up, and Oliver was trying to cheer me up too. We got along so well as children, Ollie. Yeah, it was so long ago. Why did we stop being friends? Well, I don't know. I decided to get an education, to achieve everything on my own, so my father could retire. But that didn't stop us from talking. Olivia, to be honest, I've always really liked you, but I understand that I have no right to even look in your direction. I'm just your driver's son.
I couldn't get a word out. I couldn't imagine such a turn of events. I liked Oliver too, and when I was ten years old, I was already in love with him. But he was so cold and hard to me, and I believed he thought I was just annoying. And then he went to study abroad. We talked about a lot of things that day, and then when we drove home, I knew that I wanted him to always be there for me. That's what I told him. That night was the beginning of the end of my usual life. I tried to live my life as before, except my mother kept trying to talk to me. One day, she caught me alone at work. Darling, let's talk. I only have one question for you. Why did you leave me? It's hard to explain. Your father was adamant. My relationship with him had already gone bad. We were getting ready to divorce, but he told me to leave you with him. Yeah, he offered you money and you chose that over me. It wasn't like that. He said that if I didn't agree to his terms, I would never see you again. He only let me come back to the country when I started working for his firm. There was so much pain in my mother's words that I believed her, and my father had always been a man of steel. I could believe my mother was afraid of him and agreed to his terms. From that day on, we started spending a lot of time together. I told Oliver everything. He supported me and said he would love to see his mom again, too. Every night, Ollie and I went on dates, took walks, and went for car rides around town. With each passing day, he became someone with whom I shared my innermost feelings, dreams, and worries. My father eventually found out about our relationship. He was as angry as ever. I honestly didn't even expect him to react that way. Dad threatened to fire Oliver and his father if we continued seeing each other. He put guards on me and forbade me to leave the house. I was only allowed to go to my mother's hotel to visit her. So, Oliver and I decided to run away, someplace where Dad wouldn't find us. We agreed to meet at the same hotel where Mom was staying, and she promised to cover for us. Late that night, Oliver went out to get plane tickets. We were supposed to leave that night, but he left and never came back. I called him over and over, but his number was disconnected. He didn't reply to my messages either. So it went on for a few days, and then my dad's security guards came to get me and took me home. I was so angry at Oliver, and I was also very hurt by the betrayal. When I got to our manor, my father came out. He was very angry and upset. I didn't want to talk to him, but I knew I couldn't avoid it. Olivia, we have to have a serious talk. You're not going to like what I have to say. I don't want to talk to you right now but I guess I don't have a choice, as usual. I understand you're upset, but there's something you need to know. Then Oliver came in. He couldn't look me in the eye. He knew that he had hurt me. You've got a lot of nerve showing up in front of me, Ollie. Don't be angry with him, dear. He had to do it. Did you pay him money to leave me too? It's not like that, Olivia. When I came out of that hotel, I saw your mother. And then Oliver told me that he saw my mother in the hotel with some man and overheard them talking. Turns out my mother had come here with her new husband. They were planning to steal the firm away from my father with my help. As mother had planned, father and I began to fight a lot, and Oliver was the reason for it. But my mother planned to support me in everything and at the same time break me and my father up. 
and when I took over the firm, she would put her husband in the CEO's seat and live happily ever after. As soon as Ali heard this, he immediately went to my father and told him about the situation. And all these days, they were meticulously gathering evidence. My father said he was sending my mother back abroad today, and he told her not to show her face to us. Now he's made Oliver his deputy until I want to run things myself. Or until I marry Oliver. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by...